Hello, everyone. Welcome to the goddamn... I'm excited. I'm excited about this podcast. I didn't even get the sentence out. Welcome to the goddamn podcast. You know what? And I got to be honest. I wasn't excited when I said I better do my podcast right now. But as soon as I, I plugged in the gear, man, oh, the, the adrenaline. You know, I am. I'm excited. Here's the thing. I'm in Ottawa, Ottawa, Canada. Ottawa's the capital of Canada. Do you guys know that? Most of you who are from Canada do know that. But uh, there are people in the world who think Toronto or Vancouver or Montreal is the capital of Canada. Those people are fucking idiots. All right? They're wrong. I shouldn't be swearing this much because one of the reasons I'm excited, ladies and gentlemen, is that we have new listeners to the podcast. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. I can't tell you for sure. It's just I'm here in Ottawa at uh, one of the finest comedy clubs, if not the finest comedy club in Canada, the Absolute Comedy in Ottawa. I'm doing a week, and uh, I'll thank those people for having me, even though I haven't done a show yet. I Maybe I should wait, you know? Maybe I'll show up and they'll kick me in the balls. I'll be like, why? Why did I thank you? Why did I preemptively thank this ball kick? But I've been here a bunch of times. It's always a lovely time. And um, here's the thing. Guys, I have a baby now, all right? I don't know if you've heard that about six billion times in the podcast, but I have a baby. And uh, because of the baby, I am doing things a little bit better, I think. I could be wrong, but it's just I'm, I'm making efforts, all right? Because here's the thing. When you have a baby, you have no time. You don't have time to take a piss. You really don't. Today, because the baby's with me in Ottawa, my wife is also in Ottawa. She's working from Ottawa. She works for the federal government, okay? But she does that in Toronto. So, But when I come to Ottawa, she can also work out of their office here, all right? You understand? Good. So she's here. The baby's here. She's at work now. It is noon. I'm doing this podcast at noon. That's not like me. Normally, I do it at about 8 p.m., so I don't know how this is going to go. But I got to tell you, I like it so far, Okay? And uh, I'm a little all over the map, but that's all right. I've had uh, like nine coffees, and it's okay. So when you have a baby, you don't have any time. I was literally holding the baby while taking a piss today. Just, he's in my arms, and I'm peeing. So one harm, one harm, one harm. I'm also, I'm also from Newfoundland, uh, for those new listeners. But you guys probably know that. Listen, the reason I think there's new listeners is because... I am promoting the podcast. That's what I was getting to before I got distracted by the fact that you have no time when you have a baby. And then I gave you the visual of me holding a baby while taking a leak. And I'm sorry about that. But I'm going to promote the podcast this week. I promise myself. I mean, I have no choice at this point. Tomorrow I have TV interview booked. Uh, I got uh, at the club. I, I printed off all these, um, these little pamphlets. What, what do you call them? Three by five postcards. I printed off some postcards. and uh, But, you know, I forgot to put my fucking Instagram on the goddamn postcard. So I have my podcast and my CD listed on the, on the stupid card. But I forgot to do Instagram. So then I had to order another pile of cards for Instagram. Now I'm going to staple them together like a fucking hobo. God damn it. Now this is why. See, I'm trying to be better. And I honestly, I attributed a little bit. I attributed all. To the baby. It's just before before I had the baby, I just thought, ah, one day, you'll you'll get it all straightened out one day, buddy. But the clock is ticking when you had the baby because he's gonna get older, and uh, you're gonna you gotta have your life together. 
You know, he can't just be watching you live like you're a university student, going out to a show every couple of days and, you know, just wandering out of bed at 3 p.m. You know, it's that's a nice life. Don't get me wrong. It's just I, I can't do it anymore. This this little bastard was up at 6 a.m. this morning. Now, I didn't. I didn't get up with him. My wife did. But then she had to go to work at 8.10. So I was up at the crack at 8.10. Jesus H. Christ. So any hoozles. I'm thinking to myself, how, how can I garner more of a, a permanent following? Because, guys, I'm a, you know, I'm a hell of a comedian. Just a fucking dynamo. Just a whirling dervish of hilarity on stage. But like other Canadian comedians who are good, let's just let's just put me in just the category of good, all right? I'm not going to say I'm something special, even though I do feel it in my heart of hearts. Don't we all feel like we're special? That we're all the star of our own sitcom? Is that just me? I'm pretty sure everybody feels like that. And you know what, guys? You're right. You're snowflakes. Not in the Donald Trump insult way. You're snowflakes in that you're unique, all right? You're all, we're all... We're all the star of our own sitcom. I just wanted to make that literally a thing. I don't really care anymore about being the star of a sitcom. What I care about is doing things I want to do. And that's the thing. I don't really want to do that anymore. When I was 16, 17, sure. But now I just want to do what I want to do. You know, I want, like, I like doing this podcast. I mean, there's nobody, no one's holding a gun to my head to do this podcast. You know, I like doing stand up. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure if I like doing stand-up. I just love being a stand-up. I like it when it's done and it went well, and I love being good at it. But the process of doing stand-up is not a, it's not a picnic, ladies and gentlemen. Not a, you just, you're nervous. Well, at least I'm nervous. I don't know. Maybe there's comedians out there who are total sociopaths and they don't have any nerves whatsoever. They just go up on stage and go, I don't give a shit. Fuck you. But I'm not like that. And neither are a lot of the comics I know. We're all a pile of fucking nerves. We're all just we're all just bags of shit, just nervous before we go on stage. Sometimes, if you talk to a comedian before he's about to go on stage, you might think he's really rude. He or or she, you might think she's really rude, but they're just generally speaking, they're so in the zone of trying to get ready for the show that they are very dismissive of people when they're being talked to, and you don't even realize it. A couple of people said to me afterwards, oh, I thought uh, I really upset you earlier, like a, a server or something. And I went, oh, no, no, I was just going through my material in my head because, you know, I was about to go on stage in two seconds. So, anyway, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about that. What I'm saying is I, uh, I'm trying to get my shit together. Is it Canadian comedians, we don't have any kind of star system, you know? And I'll be talking about this on the TV interview tomorrow. And um, although maybe if you watch the TV interview and that's why you've tuned into the podcast, then for you, it'll be the TV interview I did today or yesterday. Who knows? Guys, the possibilities are endless. Maybe you were at the show on Thursday, you know, and even though I'm recording this on Monday, this is the first you're hearing of it. Anyway, I like making the assumption that it's just thousands of listeners have tuned in now because I did some TV shit and I did a run at a good club. Whatever. You just, on the TV tomorrow, if I get a chance, I don't know how the interview's going to go, right? 
maybe it'll be all kooky and weird and they'll be like, and we're going to do a hot sauce challenge. Can you eat this hot sauce? I don't know how it's going to be. But they they asked me ahead of time um, what what are five talking points that they you want the interviewers to hit on, which I thought was very that's good. You know, this is why these people run a fucking uh, TV show. It's a a morning talk show, I think, is what it is, or whatever. And uh, I really should tell you what it is and when it's going to be broadcast. But I can't remember. It's, it. you know what? It's going to be online. So I'll look it up. Okay, I just paused it. Now I've looked it up. All right, what we got here is I'm on Rogers TV. And the showtime is 1 to 2 p.m. It's when it's broadcast. Then it repeats at 6 p.m. and 11 p.m. The same day. Guys, three times in one day. Mark Bennett, three times. You have no excuse. You have no excuse. And then it says, please list all guests. They probably don't appreciate it if I read out the entire email. So I won't. Because, you know, these people are nice enough to have me on. What am I going to, what am I going to fuck them over? All right. But they say, uh, what props are you going to bring? Those are props. Man, what are you expecting? I uh, I feel bad. Like I should bring some spaghetti or something. You know, I make a decent Jamie Oliver spaghetti. I, uh, what I do is I got the Jamie Oliver cookbook. Then I follow the instructions to the letter and uh, tastes okay. Maybe I'll just do that. <laughs> so, uh, Mark, what are, you, uh, what are you here to promote today? Oh, guys, I'm just cooking spaghetti. Just throw them for a loop. They're like, ah, did, didn't you have a bunch of comedy shows coming up and a podcast to talk about? No, no, just making spaghetti. You guys got a pot? Musicians? What instruments are being used? I don't... I guess it's just a blanket email, right? Like a... They just send it to everybody in case you are a musician. They're not expecting me to, to do something. I'll, I can play a little bit. I can play a little tiny bit of guitar. I'll do a fucking CCR, you know? Creedence Clearwater Revival. You kids out there don't know what I'm talking about. So uh, that's when it is. Now, Rogers TV in Ottawa, it's local, and I do not know what channel that is. So uh, I think, though, it is also going to be on their website. So, oh, their YouTube channel. Within 24 hours, they will be posting it to their YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash C slash Rogers TV official. Okay? YouTube.com slash C slash Rogers TV official. Okay. Guys, I mean, if you don't see the interview at this point, that's on you. That's on you. You can rewind this if you want. I don't know, know exactly how to rewind on podcasts, but I'm sure you guys can figure it out. You're probably younger than me and more tech savvy. But yeah, man, look at that. Got a TV interview booked, going to the club just with a stack of cards. Going to stand there by the door, handing them out to people. And let me tell you something. You talk about a man who is just fucking... You know, pulling himself up by the bootstraps, just making an effort. That is an effort. If you don't know anything about comedians, uh, let me tell you something. We do not like meeting the public. You know, it's a, we, we look, we do like meeting the public. If people want to come up and say, hey, nice to meet you. That's a great show, etc. That sounds, that's fine. But 
The idea of promoting yourself, standing there with cards to try to hand them out to people who may or may not have enjoyed the show, even if the sound of the show went was great, you know, like people like, let's say 98% of the audience was like, woo, you still know there's 2%, 2% were like, ah, or, or hated your guts. And you're standing there looking at every person in the face as you're standing by the door. It's just that little extra. But here's the thing. I'm not selling anything. I made that's that's the um, way I made myself okay with it is that I like this club and um, the shows almost always go well here. They, they have a great setup and a great audience and they pack the place every fucking night. And uh, so the way. I'm dealing with the anxiety of trying to promote myself to people. I said, even though I have a CD for sale, I'm not going to ask people to buy the CD. I'm going to hand out a free card, a free postcard saying, this is the podcast. And oh, and by the way, people who have tuned in, the new listeners you uh two the two or three new listeners i have at this point you're wondering so where's the guest what's what's this podcast about are they going to they going to play songs no no guests no songs yeah i didn't even have a theme song i'm sure you noticed it when i just started the podcast without that doop 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 welcome to the podcast maybe i'll throw that at the beginning i don't know i probably won't let's fuck it man Let's just get to the heart of the matter. Do we need all the bells and whistles? Jesus Christ, I watched the Grammys last night. That was just atrocious. It's just atrocious. I don't know. Look, I know it's not it's not the real music. You know what I mean? Like you know it's just corporate sponsorship and big time labels and Apple Music and streaming fucking fucks. You know, you know it's not the real deal. But like this is a new level of And to be fair, I didn't see a lot of it. But I did see towards the end, you know, where they're probably putting a... And that James Corden, I am sick to death of him. I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. (laughs) Here I am talking about how I'm trying to pump up the volume, get organized, you know, get two TV interviews. The man has one of the most popular shows in the world. And I'm like, I'm fucking sick of that guy. Luckily, luckily he has, there's no hope in hell of him hearing this. And if there is, you know what, fucking James? You know what, dude? Sometimes you're not for everybody. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's not his fault. Because it's, I just, there's been a lot. That carpool karaoke thing that he does, it was cute at first. I, you know, but it's, and like I said, probably not his fault. You know, I'm saying this because I do want to do his show. It's just that I've been hit over the head with it. It's like TV commercials and, and internet ads and fucking, and uh, it's like everybody's done the thing. And then, so he's hosting the Grammys and I don't care. I don't care about what he's saying and I don't care about the music. And you know what's weird is like all the people, they brought out Sting as a heavy hitter. They brought out U2. They brought out Elton John and I was like, where's the fucking new music? Like, where are the guys who were literally people who were popular in their heyday 30, 40 years ago? It's like, it's the thing is, it's always been a corporate machine. I get that. But the corporate machine seemed like it was better before, you know? Like Michael Jackson's and, and Prince's and fucking, uh, you know, 
I don't know, I'm trying to think of, of like even even recently, like they've had they used to have big stars. I think that the the biggest star I can remember recently was was Adele. Adele kind of did that thing where she got above everyone else, and it was like, hey, the Grammys is all about Adele, and that was all right. That was pretty good. But like that, like the Madonnas, you know, the 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 Led Zeppelins, the, the, the big the big time guys. I feel like I don't know. I feel like everything's getting watered down right now. It's a watered down entertainment system. I gotta say, you know what? Maybe it's just a product of the times, because we have streaming. That's just new, so people are trying to figure that out. We got the internet with the YouTubes and the, and, the, and the streaming content with the Netflixes and the Amazons. And so nobody really knows what's going on and everybody needs a lot of content. So every asshole is getting a show and every asshole is getting a single, you know, and then the kids today, the low, they got the low attention. But guys, the kids today with their low attention spans, you know, they're, they need to hear simple beats. That's my assumption, you know? Even a Britney Spears. Let's bring her back. Fucking Britney Spears. I guess, I don't know, maybe it's all been garbage. Yeah, when you think about it, when I was a bit younger, you know, I, I was in my early 20s, Britney Spears was the big thing. And that was just obviously garbage. You know, sorry, Britney, I know you're a long-time listener of the podcast. What was I saying? Right, uh, to my new listeners, I get I get sidetracked a lot. That's fine. What I do is I ramble for 45 minutes, and then I stop the recorder. That's how this works. I'm, uh, I'm in my brother's house in Ottawa because I have family in Ottawa. That's one of the reasons that my wife and the baby were able to come, because they get to see all their cousins. And uh, I could stay at the comedy condo, but then I'd have to sleep in the condo with uh, another comedian. That's what a lot of comedy clubs do. To uh, make it more cost-effective, they will purchase a condo with two or three bedrooms uh, or a small house, depending on the area. And uh, then the comedians all stay together like a big fucking sleepover. And that's fine and dandy if you like the other comedian, but uh, it's a bit weird if you don't know them uh, or especially if you don't like them, which happens. Not this week. Uh, This week uh, I'm with uh, a fellow named Noor. I do not know him. That's why I can't tell you his last name. Um, but I have been told by one of my good buddies, Daryl Purvis, that, uh, Noor is a wonderful man. So I'm uh, looking forward to that. However, I am not sleeping in the bedroom next to him. And that is, that's courtesy for me to him, right? Like who, who wants a baby waking him up all hours in the night? I'm sure Noor doesn't. Maybe he does. I don't know. I, I don't know him yet. Yeah. Trying to get my shit together. Guys, uh, doing the, the TV interview is because why? Because I hired a publicist. That's right. I hired a publicist. I was about to say a fucking publicist, but then I said, you know what? You don't need to swear. And then I did it anyway. I um, I hired this lady and uh, she got me this TV interview because what we're going to talk about besides the podcast, which you are currently listening to and uh, and the show is coming up. We're talking about. Canadian comedy. This was one of the talking points when they said, what do you want to talk about? I put this one down, number two or three. Who cares? One of the points was I said, I asked the interviewers, maybe ask the question, why do so many Canadian comedians leave Canada? Boom. 
Look at that. I'm not fucking around, guys. You know what I mean? I'm not just up here just making jokes. Hey, guys, listen to my podcast. What do you think of my spaghetti? No, sir. I am I'm a heavy hitter. I'm fucking, I'm doing, what do the journalists call it? An expose. You know? Because Canada is known, ladies and germs, it's known for its high-quality comedy. People in the States, they know it. They hire us for the TV shows. A lot of famous comedians are, in fact, Canadian. And even though our population is one-tenth of the United States, we still produce a great deal of American content as Canadians. And that's difficult for, for a number of reasons. Because you got to get there, and they don't make it that easy. I, I know the process of, of trying to get green cards and visas. I had a visa, three-year visa. I was thinking about doing the green card, but it's too fucking hard. You know? It's just, it's so, it's so much cost, money, time. And I've been thinking to myself, why? Why can't we do it here? Guys, we can. I know we can. It's just we don't. The, the, the Quebecers... The French speakers, they do. They have good lives, the comedians there. They have good followings and good lives. So I've been thinking to myself, I've been talking to this publicist. I've been saying, lady, how are we going to do this shit? Because what I want to do is make my career better, but Canada's comedy scene better. Oh, the goals, the lofty aspirations of Mark Bennett. That's right. Why not? Why not me? Right? Didn't somebody famous say that? Why not me? I'm a, I'm a Canadian comic. I know a lot of the other Canadian comics. So what I'm trying to do is um, create a star system. Now, my first idea is to put off a TV show. Okay, that makes a lot of sense, right? TV show or streaming content, either it's about the same these days. In terms of streaming content might be a bit better, to tell you the truth. Because it's, you know, it's not scheduled. You can tune in whenever you want. If it's on Netflix or Amazon, you know. And do a segment. And not just me. You know, get uh, some of the big time comics that I know in Canada. Get them to do some shit, you know. Get people to know who they are. And then maybe we'll put off like a run of shows. Almost like I kind of want to do like a Vegas in Toronto. You know, like in Vegas, like a comedian will just go there or like Celine Dion. Celine Dion, she'll be down in Vegas. She goes, you want to hear my voice? You come down here. You'll see me. I live in the house next door, okay? I go over, I do the show. You you sit in the audience. I don't actually know how she sounds other than the... So um, I was just thinking because I got the baby. Guys, did I mention that I have a baby? And I don't want to go a lot of places, so what I want to do is, and now I know, I apologize to the longtime listeners of the podcast if you know a lot of this stuff, but you know what, I don't think, I don't think I've said it this in depth, so you guys are probably having a real treat, so what I want to do is set up a situation, at least in Toronto to start, and we can go across Canada, guys, there's no reason not to, I mean, I'll just be producer, Name and name only. I'm not going over to Vancouver to set this shit up. Guys, I'm too lazy. I'm too fucking lazy. So what I want to do 
is just set up like maybe start a two week run, maybe even a month where I rent out one theater, you know? Uh, and as it gets bigger, who knows? An arena. Guys, lofty goals. Rent out one theater, and then we'll just get people will know, oh, when I want to go see comedy, I'll go to this theater right here. You know, and not not have it like a lot of Canadian comedy is like no name comedy. You know, like they um, there's a comedy chain Yuck Yucks here in Canada, and a lot of people know the name Yuck Yucks. I don't actually work for them. I work uh, independently, like the Absolute Comedy. They have three comedy clubs, and then there's a comedy mix out in Vancouver, and then Rumors in Winnipeg, and these these places are all independent. So those are the types of comedy clubs I work. But there's also a chain called Yuck Yucks. Uh, in the United States, it's similar to, say, a funny bone. You know, um, there's a franchise. And you think, I want to go see comedy. So you go to random comedy nights. And uh, that system works a little bit, but it doesn't work for the comedians. You know, we, we have jobs, sure. You know, not good ones, but they're jobs. We don't get a lot of money for doing club work. But um, nobody ever, no one knows your name. You know, there's no, no star system. Guys, I'm in the basement now. I just wondered, did I yell loud enough to wake up that baby? But I'm in my brother's house, and it's like a mansion. So there's, he's like four floors up. So there's no, no real reason to worry about it. But I'm looking at the monitor. I got the monitor right next to me. Guys, I'm such a responsible dad. He's taking a nap. He's been having like three-hour naps lately. It's been fucking great. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, you have enough time to, I don't know. Eat a bowl of cereal. It's been wonderful. I just had a uh, a sip of coffee right there. It's cold now. The coffee's cold. Why does cold coffee smell like cat piss? Can someone explain the physics behind that? Delicious. It smells... Nothing smells better than freshly brewed coffee. Just coming out of the coffee maker. Fucking... Oh, the aroma. Even people who don't drink coffee like that smell, from what they say to me. But then the second... It gets like room temperature. It smells like a cat jumped on your head and just took a giant piss. And if you don't know what cat piss smells like, it smells like cold coffee. Oh, my poor old cat. She's back in auto, or back in Toronto for the uh, she's by herself for a week. I mean, we're not just leaving her. Like my my friend Daryl Purvis, who I mentioned on the podcast, he's also my neighbor. He's gonna go over and take care of the cat. Appreciate that, Daryl. If you're listening, thanks so much. Not gonna get you anything for it. Except you, this thanks. This should be this should be enough for you. Thanks is enough. Anyway. So what I wanted to do was that and then I was thinking with the streaming specials or the TV specials, maybe just give like some of the really good comics fifteen minutes, you know, and then do a show where you have three or four comics doing fifteen to twenty minutes each. And then do those things and fucking netflix uh i'm reading this article about how they're given 15 minute specials are going to be the new thing now because they've they're saying because people's attention span is short but what they what's really happening is they gave out so many comedy specials over the last few years there's no one left that has an hour you know i'm not saying there's no one left that has an hour but what they're doing is they're they've run through the big names so so often 
so many times. Like guys are putting out a special every single year. So Netflix tries to do a comedy special like every week. So they they now they're doing like uh, Latin American comedy shows, you know, Spanish language ones, and that's great. And there's some one from I think there's one from Germany and one from Ireland. Let me tell you something. I haven't seen any Canadian ones. Maybe I've missed them. You know, I don't know everything. So to me, I'm like, well, this is a no-brainer. My idea is already, you already want to do it over in the, in the United States so we can do it here, you know, in Canada, and start promoting some actual names. Like the amount of comics, they either quit, they become TV writers, and they stop doing comedy. You know, that's one of the things that people do here is that, because when you write on TV, you have an actual life. You can buy a car, you know? It's a, it's better instead of just running around at all the clubs and trying to scrape by, you know. So when when people get better jobs, they get into producing, they get into TV and and uh, even radio. They just stop doing stand up because why the fuck would you? You know they love doing it, but what are they going to do? Some sometimes they do it in their local area, but they don't want to go traveling around as in their older ages. You know, as they get into their forties, I'll be forty and fucking three months my older brother was like you're 40 jesus how old am i i'm like yeah man we're getting old bud we are getting old and that's why you got to get your shit together and listen to these plans don't these plans sound good oh they do here's the problem with the plans is uh a i'm the one uh, that needs to execute them <laughs> i am not good at anything and b the idea that other people aren't trying to do this is foolish. But you know what? You can't, you can't let that stop you. You know? Just because somebody else might be trying to do something like this doesn't mean you shouldn't, shouldn't go for it. And for all I know, maybe I am the only one thinking along these lines. Or maybe you guys are thinking along the lines now that I'm saying it on the podcast. You're like, yeah, maybe I should do that too. Let me tell you something. Me and the publicists have already got meetings booked, I think. So I'm going to be saying it on TV. Right? Maybe I shouldn't. Oh, shit. If I said it on TV and then someone ran with my idea, like they immediately ran over to Amazon or Netflix and was like, here's my idea. Quick, I got to get there before that comedian does. That would piss me off. Right? But no, I think it's, I think it's in the works enough that I'm, I can say it out loud, something I'm kind of doing. And plus, you know, I'm the comic. Right? You still got to do 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. You still got to get the other comedians to agree to do these things. It's me. I'm the one. I'm the one that's going to get this done. I mean, why not me? Guys, I think I said that earlier in this podcast. Why not me? Uh, I'm here in Ottawa, though, um, with the boy. My little boy. He's 18 months old. And he's so fucking adorable. He has a bruise on his forehead, which is... Uh, unfortunate for many reasons. A, because he obviously banged his head hard enough to get a bruise. And B, everyone who sees him is like, um, what have you guys, what have you guys been doing? You've been pushing a baby down some stairs? No. It was, I think it happened in his sleep at like three in the morning. We heard him screaming from his crib, like, bah! like really, like, I don't know. It's hard to describe. Almost like he woke up from a nightmare. So that's what we assumed. Maybe he had like a little nightmare because babies have nightmares as far as I know. And um, But then when we got him up at 7 a.m., he had this blue, bright blue bruise in the center of his forehead, you know, like a third eye. And uh, so my guess is 
when he flipped over in his crib, he banged his head off the wood, off the, the bars of the crib of his little baby cage. Let me tell you something. That's a design flaw right there. Why don't cribs have soft bars? I'm sure some of them do. Some fancy ones you can buy in Qatar or some shit with some, where, there's, where there's oil money. But here in Canada, over at the Ikea, I don't see any soft bars. How? That can't be hard to do, right? Have sort of a padded bar on the thing. What does that cost? Another five bucks? I'll pay for that. If it avoids my baby smashing his head up against a fucking rail. Right now, he's in the baby Bjorn. It's our travel crib. And let me tell you something. That was extra expensive, and we don't regret a penny. It's like twice as expensive as most travel cribs. But it packs up super small, super light, and it's fucking, he sleeps perfect in it. It's, it. He slept 12 full hours the first night when we were here. And his nap's three hours in this little, it's like a little hammock. Like my, my little cousins, they looked at him like, geez, I want to sleep in there. I was like, yeah, me too. We're too big, guys. That's what happens when you get old. You don't get all the, you can't have the luxury of the baby Bjorn travel crib. It's got, see, the genius of it is the bottom is like a little hammock. So there's a, there's a pad, like a, a little mattress, foam mattress that you lie on, but the foam mattress isn't on the floor like most cribs. It's suspended on these little straps. So it has a hammock-like effect. And maybe some of the other cribs have that, but it's not like this, not to this extent. Oh, he sleeps like an angel. The angel that he is. I like him too much, I think. I know you're supposed to, right? But it's it's messing me up a little bit. Because I got the anxiety. Guys. Like, I got the anxiety about the shows coming up. That's why I wanted... I, I sat down to do the podcast. I find that when you have anxiety, what you want to do is be proactive. You start actually working towards the thing that's making you anxious. Because that's at the heart of it. Anxiety, appropriate anxiety, is your body saying, hey, you got to get ready. Get ready. Something's happening. you got to fight a saber-toothed tiger. Get ready. Or you got that TV interview coming up, and then a pile of shows. Did you go over your material? Do you know what new jokes you're going to do? Do you know what you're going to talk about? And so I just push it all aside as long as I can. You know, I'll drink beer. I'll, st- I'll forget about it. But then it's, it's eating at me. And if you're not a performer, uh, I can equate it to having um, an exam, you know. Most of you went to school at some point, right? They, uh, if, you have, if you have a finals coming up, you know, a big university exam or high school or whatever, or, or Bible college, I don't know what you guys are into. You know, you, uh, someone's like, hey, and, and let's say, let's say you're even prepared. You think... You you've studied as much as you can, or it's a, or it's an open book, so you don't you don't actually even study for it. I'm losing this analogy already. <laughs> no, no, but like let's say you think you're totally prepared for it, and it's tomorrow. But your friend says, "Hey, let's watch a movie tonight," and you're like, "Yeah, okay," and you're watching a movie, but you're not really watching the movie. You said that's hanging over your head that you have an exam tomorrow. You know that's important. It, that's what it's like when, when you have shows coming up. When you're in the thick of the shows. Like by the time Thursday hits, let's say, I'll be fucking, I, there'll be no anxiety. At least 
as my history indicates. There'll be no anxiety. You just go up, you do your show, no big deal. You know? Unless there's like extra pressure where they're saying, oh, David Letterman's going to be in the audience. Like, oh, I love David Letterman. He's got a big beard now. He looks like Santa. How much anxiety is appropriate? I don't want any anymore. I got to say, now that I'm 40, I'm fucking done with anxiety. I, I get it, body. All right? Get prepared. But let's just take a break. I know I, I know I got the shows coming up. You know, some, some anxiety gets you ready. Too much anxiety hampers you. You know, you look nervous or you forget what you're going to say or you're not loosey-goosey. I got to get back in the, in the CBT, the cock and ball torture. CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. Man, you got anxiety, go, go do that shit. It's a very effective psychological process where it's tangible. You can grab it and you can literally fix anxiety with that by going through the series of steps. You know, like a lot of fucking psych is just sitting around blabbing about shit. But uh, the CBT, boy, that works. Got to get into that shit. Here, why am I talking about it? Why I should just do it. I can't do it right now, guys. I'm doing the podcast. But I'll do it right after the podcast. Actually, the baby will probably be up. Anyway, little baby. Get back to him. Um, Aside from the blue bruise on his forehead, we also, uh, it was a monumental day yesterday. We took him out sliding. Oh, man. He had such a fucking good time. Too good of a time. He kept saying, more. More. That's his word for more. And um, I shouldn't make fun of the way he speaks. I'm a Newfoundlander. I talk. I'm going to do those jokes, actually, about how my wife is teaching him to speak French and English, but it's getting all screwed up because of my accent. You know, like she says, uh, like breastfeeding is uh, tay-tay. She taught him to say it, and it sounds sounds lovely coming from her, you know, and... uh, but he's got he's got a bit of the Newfie accent with him. So now he just points at her shirt and he goes, Teddy! Teddy! Sometimes he'll just really enunciate. Teddy! <laughs> She's embarrassed. And I don't know. She blames me. Probably rightfully so. I think I'm going to try. I'm going to talk about that on stage a little bit. His, uh, his Newfie accent that makes him sound super crass. I think that's pretty, that's pretty funny, right? Anyway, we'll find out. We'll find out. Maybe you guys who have seen the shows this week or listen to podcasts goes, no, that didn't work at all. I don't know. That is one of the beauties of comedy. And I say beauties when I mean one of the horrors of comedy is the fact that you're never fully sure if something's going to work. No matter how long you've been doing it or, you know, how convinced you are that this bit works. It's just hard. to, And sometimes even a bit that works, it's worked 99 times in a row, that hundred time you're doing it, that hundredth time you're doing it, the audience just doesn't go with it. You say it wrong, you stumble into it, you're having a bad night, the audience is kind of shitty. Who knows? People say, don't blame the audience. I say, fuck that. It's the audience's fault half the time. But the other half, it's your fault. You know what I mean? It's, you're never sure. So some pe- people always say, that's part of the fun. That's part of, that's part of why I like to do it. They'll fuck yourself. That's not... People just say that to sound cool. As far as I know, unless they're literally a psycho, then who? Yeah, I love the uncertainty of perhaps doing terribly. No, nobody likes that. You know, Sidney Crosby 
playing for the Stanley Cup, he's not like, oh, I love the uncertainty of maybe I'll lose. No. He's anxious because he wants to win so badly. That's that's why we do what we do. We want to we want to connect with people. We want to be good at what we do. We want to get our points across. Yeah, hockey doesn't want to get its points across, but the other part applies. You know. So these fucking people, the ones who say, oh, it's part of the fun. You never know what's going to happen, and especially live comedy. Who knows? Maybe the audience can yell out. Who knows? Maybe it'll be fun. No, it's not fun. Don't yell out at the comedians. Jesus Christ. I uh, I know some comics who say some funny shit about that. Um, I think uh, Sean Cullen, Ryan Belleville, a couple of Canadian comics. Who knows? Maybe I'll put them on my show, right? Give them 15, 20 minutes. How about that? You know, I mean, they, they've had several television shows in the past. They don't need me, but still, I can offer it to them. But anyway, they've been saying, you know, like, you don't go to a play. That's also live. You don't show up to a Shakespeare play and go, hey, Mercutio, you suck. Right? And I think those are valid points. Just because it's live, just because you're sitting in the room doesn't mean you get to fucking ruin the show. And they're like, oh, I was helping the comedian. He was, he, he, he made fun of me and everyone laughed. Yeah, because we had to. You interrupted us. And we're mad. Almost always we're mad. If comedians don't ask you a question and you voluntarily yell out, we're almost always mad. Please remember that. These fucking TV shows having heckler contests and all that shit. Jesus Christ. All the reality shows, guys. My God. I gotta fix TV. I gotta fix... I gotta fix music? That'll be my boy. He'll fix music. He's obsessed with music. If it stays bad for the next 16, 17 years, by the time he's, you know, 18, he'll be fucking... Uh, he's just gonna be the next Rage Against the Machine. This kid loves Rage Against the Machine and the blues, Stevie Ray Vaughan. He loves himself some Hendrix. He will not listen to country or children's music. And uh, it's just... I know I've said this before on the podcast, but it's just crazy. It's crazy. Like, I was watching the Grammys last night with the wife, and I'm like, my boy, who's our boy? Our boy, he uh, would not tolerate almost any of this music. You know? Saw that fucking uh, Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus singing with Elton John, and honestly, I feel bad for her. You know? Because she's just, the poor girl, she can't sing. She really, she can't. You know, Elton John, eh, I know he's Lord, Lord Elton John, Sir Elton John, I don't fucking know. He's just, I don't know, he was never my cup of tea. I just, my, what if he was? Because, you know, he was, he was famous before I was even born, basically. I think he was, I was born 78. What was he famous in, in the 70s? I think so. For all I know, he was the Miley Cyrus of his day. And he's just stuck around long enough. You know, that, that happens. Sometimes if you just stick around long enough, people, like, consider you an icon. Look at the fucking, right now, the Backstreet Boys. They're on, like, nostalgia tours and stuff like that. You know, sometimes you just stay around long enough, and people are like, that guy, that guy's awesome. Now, maybe, I don't know. I don't, I don't listen to the Elton John music. So perhaps I'm just missing, missing out on, on the genius he's purported to be. It's just, what really just grinded my gears is when the Diana thing came, when Princess Diana died and uh, Elton John did a tribute to her and that's nice enough, you know, but he just fucking took his other song 
Marilyn Monroe, the song Candle in the Wind was about Marilyn Monroe. And then you just go, okay, now it's about Princess Diana. It's like, that's not cool. You can't just do it. And aren't you a genius? Aren't you supposed to be a genius? Don't you have other songs? Could you, could you not write a new one? And if you can't write a new, I understand, you know, that's time sensitive. You know, she died. You can't be like, guys, give me a couple weeks. Give me a couple weeks. I'll go. I get it. Maybe you can't throw it together in an afternoon. But maybe take another song that you've done that is not about Marilyn Monroe and uh, or about somebody else at all. And then say, this is now for Princess Diana. Huh? How about that? It just, it, to me, it makes it seem like you don't have enough songs. I don't know. Call me crazy. I do like the one he has, though, about Saturday night. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. But I don't think you can attribute that one to, to Princess Diana. That is not probably an appropriate song when someone dies. Guys, oh, just uh, so sorry about Princess Diana. And here is Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. I wouldn't be. That wouldn't be appropriate. I don't know. Maybe it's the only song he has that's kind of gloomy. Anyway, let's get off this fucking Elton John shit. It's just old Miley Cyrus. And I know, Miley, you're a longtime listener of the podcast. I apologize. It's just, I don't know. I felt bad for her. But you know what? What business do I have feeling bad for? She's obviously very successful. You know, she clearly got out on stage and uh, sang the song that Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza. Let me tell you something. If you can hear Tiny Dancer and you don't sing Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza, you are better than me. As member Phoebe Buffay from Friends, she thought it was Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza. I also made that joke when I was in grade seven. But to see Friends, a show I love so much, also come up with that same joke, it, it really made me feel good as a young man. You know, to think, I am, I'm writing jokes that fucking Phoebe Buffay is saying. Hold me closer, Tony Danza. So that, uh, she came out and sang that with Sir Lord Jesus Christ Elton John. And, um, I don't, I didn't think she did a good job. But, uh, she did good for her. I just don't think. She's got like that weird southern drawl. Home closer, Tony Danza. It's like, what? What's happening? Is Cher singing this song? That's my impression morphed in his ear. One of my buddies, uh, Sean Tobin, he's always saying that uh, all my impressions morph into Cher. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I could be doing Bill Cosby. Oh, jello pudding in the house. I eat the jello pudding. See? Cher. It all ends up in Cher. Fucking Bill Cosby. He was doing the Vegas thing, you know? That was smart. What wasn't smart was dropping pills in all those ladies' drinks. This fucking guy, oh, man, Bill Cosby, he is not stopping, eh? He's fucking still going. He's uh, Now he's he's uh, performing jazz. He's getting up with... He he, he did a show. He, uh, the, there was a jazz band, and he went out to a restaurant or some shit, and he, and he did, a, did an hour of stand-up, I think, and fucking, <laughs> he doesn't care. Man, oh man, it's just that's the thing, right? And that's why I, what I'm saying about what's her name, uh, fucking Miley Cyrus. You know, I feel bad for her because I'm picturing myself being out of my depth. You know what I mean? Trying to tread water when I'm not good enough. You know, like yeah, I, to me, I'm looking at her 
going, you know, so, so like uh, like Patty Labelle and 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 fucking Adele and other things that rhyme with L. But like you know, really good singers. Even say a Christina Aguilera, right? You know, uh, really good singers are are in the audience watching you up there do whatever it is you're doing. And if she has any self-awareness whatsoever, she feels embarrassed. You know, like she still can't turn down the gig. You know, like they're like, hey, Grammys, do you want to get out there and um, sing with Elton John? And she's like, what? People want me to sing with Elton John? They're like, oh, yeah, sweetheart. Oh, absolutely. Get out there. Built it out, man. Fucking do that Tony Danza song. Nail it. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds okay. And then she goes out, and she can't handle it. You know what I mean? Fucking Mary J. Blige, Erica Badu. They're sitting in the audience watching her going, oh, Jesus, Murphy. Right? They didn't. They didn't show the audience a lot when she was singing, and I'm glad. Because you don't need to see people laughing or making faces. Now, maybe they weren't. Maybe people are less judgmental than me. And they're all in the crowd, you know? There's Broadway performers in the crowd just going, Good for you, sweetie. You're doing great. But all I know is that there are some people like me. God knows if they showed me sitting on the couch here in Ottawa when she was on, they would have saw somebody making a face. Tell you that much. But the thing is, like a Bill Cosby, this Miley Cyrus, she's not embarrassed. Like, that's the thing. You always picture yourself, at least I do, you know, and understanding you're out of your depth. You know, like if I were, uh, like right now, don't get me wrong, guys. I am I'm a good comedian. At least I think. And you guys who saw me this week, you can you 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 probably think that, right? Right? But you hear that? Hear the doubt? And I, I don't think that's ever gonna go away. But let's just say they stuck me like HBO was like doing a big fancy thing, right? And they're like, hey Mark. You know, uh, and not even, let's say, not doing stand-up. Let's, let's, because I think if HBO gave me, you know, time, they said, hey, Mark, go do 15 minutes, go do 20, go do an hour, do whatever. I have material, so I'm not too worried about actually doing the show. But let's say there's a talk show, and they're doing a round table, and they got Chris Rock, and they got Jerry Seinfeld, and uh, they got Robert Klein, and Steve Martin, you know, and uh, let's go Martin Mull, because the name Martin got stuck in my head. And uh, Martin Lawrence and Martin Short, right? Like, let's say Mike Myers, you know, let's not even stand up. He's a sketch guy. But you put all these guys around a table. Then you put me at the table and they're like, OK, uh, now Mark is uh it's going to talk for a while and everybody else shut up. Jerry, Chris, Martins, all of you guys just listen to what Bennett has to say about gigging and doing comedy and the entertainment scene. I just have way less to say than those people just because of our experience. So I would understand I'm out of my depth. So I would definitely 
you know, especially if I didn't knock it out of the park, if that interview fell a little flat, I would afterwards be just hating myself. I'd be like, all right, where's the rope? Give me a rafter. Because I would understand that people aren't there to see me, right? I'm not saying in the future that that won't be the case after I get this fucking streaming show going and I make Canadians comedy stars. Guys, lofty goals. That's what I should I should do this. Hashtag lofty goals. That should be my... That's probably already a hashtag. That's the thing. Everyone's already done stuff. You might as well just quit and never try. No. Guys, why not me? Why not you? But just don't take my thing. Don't try to do my thing. I'm doing this. If you want... If you're a comedian out there and you think this is a good idea, just hit me up. I will try to give you a 15 to 20 minute spot. Don't go trying to take my fucking idea, guys. Jesus, we're all in this together. Now, if you're in Norway or Guam, you guys, you can go right ahead and try to also do this. I, this is Canada. Whatever you guys want to do is fine with me if you're in other countries. But I'm doing this fucking shit. Anyway. But that's the thing. The people, I just wish I did have that. And now, I know, for all I know, Molly Cyrus is crying herself to sleep right now. Maybe she is. It's just I doubt it. I doubt it. The thing is, with the people like this, they just, they don't feel that same sense of shame that rational, non-crazy human beings feel. Oh, I wish if I could turn off that button. Woo! Maybe if I do enough CBT, right? Anyway, the kid went sliding. Uh, This podcast is probably going to be a bit of a long one. I'm looking at the time here. I'm just having fun. Guys, we're having so much fun down in the basement. My hands are cold. Basements are always a little cold. And uh, I can't take too long because the baby will eventually wake up. And I want to also post this during the brief time I have. And I think my wife wants me to cook supper. Supper, as we say in Newfoundland, sorry, dinner. My wife thinks I'm a hick when I say that. Supper. Dinner. We say dinner. Do other people, is there anyone else who says supper besides Newfoundlanders? If you are uh, not a Newfoundlander and you say supper, hit me up on the old uh, internet. Send me a little message there. Yeah, took the kids sliding. I tell you what, he, uh, he loved it so much that he almost killed his father. He was just, he he kept yelling more, I never finished the story, about pulling him around on the sled and just like dragging him in the sled up the hill and then going down the hill. Like my heart was fucking exploding, you know, because it's cold out. And when you're trying to do something physical out in the cold, you get that pain. It's like an ice cream headache for your chest. You're like, <gasps> and, and the kid, he doesn't understand. He's because he's just sitting there on the sled being dragged around. He's like more, more. He thinks you're a horse, you know? Maybe want to get in better shape. The thing is, while the kid is is helping me in many ways, you know, first of all, giving me all that unconditional love that he's giving me, as far as I know, you can't ask him. He doesn't speak enough English. You know, do you, do you understand the concept of unconditional love, son? Do you have it for your father? Tell your father. Aside from just providing the joy that he provides, he's also, he's making me, uh, you know, do this shit, get it ready. Like, I wonder the reason I started this podcast a year ago is because of the boy. You know, I want, I want 
product behind me. I want things. You know, I want I want them to be proud. And I want and and you don't you don't have a lot of time as I was saying like 6 hours ago on the podcast, but what what you do do, what you do do, <laughs> is you become more efficient. At least I think you do. Maybe I'm fooling myself. But in the small amount of time you have in between naps or, or during naps, you get way more shit done. Like I, I'm hiring a publicist. I'm doing interviews. I'm filling out forms. You know, I'm doing podcasts. I'm, I'm revamping websites. I'm going out in the nighttime when he goes to bed doing shows. You know, doing all this shit. It makes you wonder, what in the fuck did I do before? What did I do with my time? I had unlimited time before I had a baby. What was I doing? Wasting it is what I was doing and loving every minute of it. I tell you what, if I won the lottery, I used to always say, if I won the lottery, I'd keep doing what I'm doing. No, I would not. At 40, if I won the lottery, I'm not doing a fucking thing. You know what I do? I do this podcast. I do this podcast, maybe shoot some videos here and there because I like tech gear. I like it. And uh, I don't know. I guess I do stand up locally. I might not even do that. I might, though. Stand up, it feels like it's your whole identity. You know what I mean? I just, the idea of not doing it, even if I won the lottery, just like talking to a comedian six years down the road, it's like, oh, hey, man, you still doing stand up? Like, no, I won the lottery. I would feel like a failure. I just, I don't know. I guess I have to keep doing this. It's just one of those things. That's why you get into stand up. You do it like you're being forced to. At least that's, that's my case. But I got to say, man, oh, man, like I just being here at my brother's, the last thing I want to do is just, you know, take a shower and go off and do comedy shows. Once I'm doing them, once I'm on stage, I'll be fine. It's the whole process of getting there. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's so much easier to just watch the Grammys and make fun of Miley Cyrus. Fuck's sakes. And I got to stop doing that. Got to stop making fun of people. You know, like, what if what if I legitimately turn into a bit of a celebrity? You know, because of all my grand ideas. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to fuck it. I'm not going to any of these award shows. I'm doing everything on my terms. Why do you have to go to award shows? Eh, I, it's part of the publicity. I get it. That's why I'm going on TV tomorrow. Okay, guys, I will stop contradicting myself over and over again right now. And I'll just tell you that while, yes, the baby has improved everything, that's, he's also, this is part of the thing about winning the lottery. Because you like him so much, I just, I don't want to do anything else. You know what I mean? I know that sounds corny, but it's true. Like, you just, I don't want to go off for a week and do a comedy show. I don't want to travel away from him. I don't, I don't even want to spend the day trying to think, okay, what am I going to do on stage tonight and kind of half pay attention to him, you know what I mean? Just want to be there, you know, helping him slide around. Ah, he just, but I'm sure it'll pass. I'm sure he'll get older. He'll be like seven years old and he'll have like, you know, snots running out of his nose and be like, fuck you, dad. And I'll be like, yeah, whoo, good thing I stayed doing comedy because now I can leave the house. I don't know. But yeah. You had the baby goggles, man. You get those baby goggles on. You see why people have more than one baby. Because they're just so nice. They're just so... They just... They're like... They're like puppy dogs. They just love having you around. It's... God. Guys, isn't this a sweet way to end a podcast? Oh, my God. Thanks for listening. 
everybody. Sorry, Miley. Sorry, Sir Elton John, for making fun of you guys. But, um, you know, sometimes it has to be done. I appreciate uh, anyone who's tuned in that uh, saw the shows. I may also do more podcasts this week because my brother, while gracious enough to let us stay at his place, he's like 45 minutes away from the club. So I'm going to have a long drive every night back and forth. And maybe I'll take my podcast gear, right? Maybe I'll do some, some stuff on the way home. Sometimes those impromptu podcasts after a show, they can be so great, especially if I do poorly. Now, that is not what I want to do. But sometimes something will happen that'll make you mad, and then you just rail on about it the second it happens. Oh, boy. Boy, you're spitting fire then. Those are entertaining podcasts. And then sometimes also, if the show goes great, you still feel like you're on a roll. So you go grab that microphone, still doing a podcast, still being great. Right? It's a win-win. If the show goes great, it's a win. If it goes bad, it's a win for you guys. Huge loss for me. And the baby. Who's counting on me? So, um, appreciate. Appreciate it. Appreciate you listening. I'll uh, talk to you soon. Signing off. I said shut up. Good night.